Well, good afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk, The Pastor is In. I'm program host Kip Allen. Let's Talk is a program for the Christian layman, you know, the Lutheran who believes but, well, has questions. In short, my program is designed just for someone like me. There's a lot I don't understand. Now, it doesn't have to be something soul-shaking. It might just be something that occurred to me during the week. And rather than getting into a real deep theological discussion, I find that a casual front porch style talk with a pastor is often the best way to understanding. And that's what this program is all about. Now, today's guest is Andrew Preuss of St. Paul and Trinity Lutheran Churches in Iowa. I have my questions. I'm sure you have yours. You can send your questions by email at any time to letstalk at kfuo.org or call during the program. If you're in the St. Louis area, that's area code 314-821-0850 or toll free anywhere in North America at 800-730-2727. Pastor Preuss, welcome aboard to the front porch. Hey, good to be back. Well, it looks like we may actually get our first snow of the season today. I'm looking outside. I can see outside from the studio here, and it's certainly looking like it may be happening. What about you up in Iowa? Well, we got snow about a week and a half ago, um, or about two weeks ago, uh, a couple times, but it melted. And last night, I think it snowed a tiny bit, and it all melted. So it looks like we're probably going to have a green Christmas here. So. <laughs> Probably here, too. I remember my days back in Des Moines. Oh, boy, I can't remember being that cold. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I grew up I grew up in northern Minnesota. Ooh. And that would be, I remember when we first moved there, it was Thanksgiving, and it was, you know, like six inches of snow already on the ground and just didn't see any green for until close to May. <laughs> so... That was. I'm. I'm happy not to live up there anymore. <laughs> I've got a friend who lives up in Ironwood in northern Minnesota, and another okay. fr- another friend who's a, a youper, as they call them, for the Upper Peninsula. And boy, mm. the things that they tell me are just horror stories. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how Canadians make it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. <clears throat> you, know, you know, what's been on my mind, frankly, is is leading up to this wonderful holy week you know through the through the advent season and i mentioned you know i'm looking out of my studio right now and i can see outside and uh gloomy i think is probably the best way to describe the way it looks out there and here we are entering into the christmas season where with the possible exception of easter this is the happiest of all christian celebrations certainly in the lutheran calendar why is it that so many of us get depressed over this holiday? What's going on here? That's a good question, and I've noticed that too. Um, you know, uh, people's lives are not necessarily all that happy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> and so when it comes, probably the reason why this, why a lot of people get depressed around this time is. Well, there are different factors. One, like you said, it's gloomy outside. It's winter time, and uh, you know you don't get enough vitamin D, and that can that can contribute to that. Also, probably is just the expectations that people put on that we generally put on this time of year. That it's supposed to be a happy time of year. It's supposed to be a, you know have a merry Christmas. And uh, but when we match that up to our actual experience, you know, real life sets in for many people that joy is, you know, snatched 
away, or maybe they might have it. They might be able to force themselves to have the joy, you know, that one day, and then the next day things go back to normal. But, you know, the reason why we celebrate Christmas as Christians isn't just because of the sentimental feeling it gives us, reminding us of baking cookies with our mother, which are wonderful memories and great, you know, it's a wonderful thing to be able to do that. Um, But because of, uh, on Christmas, we are celebrating the fact that at the fullness of time, God sent forth his son to be born of a woman, that the, that God became flesh and that he has joined us to him. And so, you know, that, that joy, no one can take away. And that, that is, and so it's, it's almost fitting when you think about it, that, that this joyous time would take place during probably the, mo- the gloomiest time <laughs> of the year. You know, it's right after the winter solstice, you know, the days are as short as they're going to get. And yet this time, the, the, you know, the, where does the light shine? The light shines in the darkness. So I think it's quite appropriate that, that Christmas be at a kind of a depressing time of year when you really think about it. Well, I look at it, you know, like from my point of view right now, I mean, I'm, I'm getting up there in years, you know, I've, I've buried both my parents, I've buried a wife. And so, you know, things are, you know, I, I look back and I remember some really good times. And of course, I miss the people in my life who are no longer here. Um, but I still have so much to be thankful for. But I have to remind myself of that sometimes. And as you pointed out, you know, the and I pointed out, I mean, looking outside, it is really gloomy out there. Yeah. And that, you know, that's a, that's a nice thing about having, like you mentioned, the liturgical calendar. Mm. You know, the, the liturgical calendar kind of keeps us from just being idle in our own hobby horses. You know, like we can just keep, you know, it sort of moves us along. You know, before we know it, it's going to be Lent, you know, and then it's going to be Easter. And then we're going to be in the boring Trinity season or Pentecost season, depending on which lectionary you're using. And, uh, you know, then we and then we get it and then Advent starts again, you know, and, and, and you know, there's just this constant on the move um, uh, where it does the, the lectionary doesn't allow you to stay in one spot. You know, it keeps moving you along throughout the life of Christ, throughout the life of the church. And, uh, and it's a good thing then that, uh, whatever is happening to, in your life right now, um, at this time of year, um, and at this specific year and, and in place in history, uh, Christmas is, 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 uh, the time when we consider what happened at the fullness of history. And that, uh, you know, what's really interesting about when you look at how, you know, I, I really like to look at, uh, how Isaiah, predicts this and the setting in which he predicts this to King Ahaz, that King Ahaz, the last thing he wants to hear about is some religious talk about some promise of a virgin conceiving and bearing a son, right? He wants Syria and Ephraim to be toppled. He wants, he wants to make alliances with other nations so that he can have earthly security. You know, he's really scared because two major countries are coming up against him. And here comes Isaiah saying, this is the sign that God gives you. The virgin is going to conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And it's like, you know, so it's like today, go to someone who just lost his wife. Maybe he just uh, got back from jail. Maybe he's just, he's lost everything. He has no friends. He's totally lonely on Christmas. And then you say, 
um, oh, well, I got something that's going to solve all your problems. Behold, the virgin conceived and bore a son and called his name Emmanuel. To our human reason, you're going to think, what? Why are you? Why are you telling me that? You know, I I want uh, that doesn't do me any good right now. And yet, faith says no. That does that does everything right there. You know, that's the fullness of time. And so, whatever you are experiencing right now here in this specific moment in time don't forget what the fullness of time was. And that's what Christmas reminds us of. Well, I was discussing this very issue with one of the pastors here at the International Center this morning. And he had an interesting take on it, uh, was that it's a feeling of isolation that many people have. And the idea being that, oh my gosh, I'm alone, and I should Mm -hmm. be happy and I should be joyous, but I've lost my friends. I've lost everything. I'm just, I'm just alone. And he said that the, the solution to that is to remember that you're not alone. God is always there. And he even quotes some scripture to me about that. And yeah, yeah, that's right. And, you know, I, I, um, I just finished writing, uh, one of my sermons for this uh, weekend, the busy weekend. Um, but, uh, just got done writing the sermon for Advent 4, and I'm in the one-year lectionary, and so uh, the Advent 4, the the epistle uh, reading is from, um, or the epistle lesson is from uh, Philippians 4, and uh, and I kind of focused on that a bit, although I certainly preached on John John 1, the gospel lesson of John the Baptist, Um, but, uh, but in Philippians 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And he says, Let your gentleness or your reasonableness be known to all men. And then he says right after that, The Lord is at hand. And why is it that we are able to rejoice in the Lord? He's not on some planet far, far away. No, surely if he became flesh and blood to take our sins upon himself and to bear our sins in his own body, he is still today in his word at hand, you know, he's near us. And there's this wonderful stanza of, a, of a, an Advent hymn. I don't know if you're familiar with the, the, the hymn, Oh Lord, How Shall I Meet You? No, I'm not. I'm sorry. Um, oh, it's a, I'd look it up. It's, it's in the LSB. It's a great hymn. But unfortunately, there are a couple stanzas that didn't make it into the LSB, um, which I'll, I'll, I'll quote them right here. It, it, it's, uh, it's written by Paul Gerhardt. Um, and there's this, there's this stanza that goes... Uh, Rejoice then, ye sad-hearted, who sit in deepest gloom, who who mourn or joys departed, and tremble at your doom. Despair not, he is near you, yea, standing at the door, who best can help and cheer you, and bid you weep no more. Then the next stanza goes, uh, You need not toil, nor, nor languish, nor ponder day and night, how in the midst of anguish you draw him by your might. He comes, he comes, all willing, Moved by his love alone, your woes and troubles stilling, for all to him are known. And so just to compliment what the pastor said, the pastor you were talking to earlier today said, that's absolutely right. He is always with you. He's with you through his word and through his sacrament, uh, the very body and blood that took away your sin and brings you back to, to a good relationship with God. Um, that it's, it's such a comfort to know that. It should be, but I think a lot of people miss it. Um, mm-hmm. How would you how would you counsel one of your parishioners who would ask who would ask your advice on this? And how do I how do I cope with my gloom over the season? Uh, well, um, I would uh, I would uh, uh, go back to 
again, the Philippians 4, you know, like you mentioned, we don't, we don't necessarily get this all the time. Well, that's, that's actually makes sense. And we shouldn't despair if we can't always grasp it, because as Paul says, he goes on to say, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, mm. keep and guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus our Lord. This passes your understanding. You're not going to be able to see it fully. It's like what we say in what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, you know, I, we see in part, we know in part, we prophesy in part, you know, but then we will, we will fully know because we are presently fully known. And so I guess, you know, to answer, to answer your question probably more specifically, I actually have, I have been, I've been visiting my, my, my um, shut-ins and I've noticed with my shut-ins that sometimes they're, they're, they can get lonely. You know, oh, yeah. and uh, and uh, and so I really, you know, uh, I really made a point to to to, to point out how, uh, you know, going back to what I was saying about from from Galatians four, that at the fullness of time God sent forth His Son, and so you right now might be thinking about better times. You know, when you were younger, when you had certain people in your life who maybe are no longer in your life. Um, when things were maybe going a little bit better, maybe when you were healthier and um, and more spry and all that stuff, and yet you consider that when did history, when when does all time meet its fulfillment? In Jesus, when the Son of God became a man, and He did that for you, and so that means that whatever circumstance you're in, whatever time of your life that you're in, that message of Christ is always relevant to you because it is the fulfillment of all history. It's the fulfillment of all time. And so you may be having a bad time right now, but that is that that, that doesn't compare to the fullness of time that, uh, that that God accomplished in his son by sending him to be your savior. So and that's as you pointed out, you mm-hmm. know, it, it passes understanding and mm-hmm. somehow you have to Accept that, that there are things that you cannot understand and you will never know, not in this life. Yep, exactly. It's yeah. a mystery. It is. That, that's one of the things, frankly, of, of Lutheranism that uh, I find so attractive, is that we're comfortable, I guess is the way I, I would phrase it, with the with that knowledge that there are things that will not be revealed to us. Some things will be revealed in time. Other uh-huh. things we won't know until the next life. Yeah. Well, and... and Faith, you know, I just did a, a sermon series. For, I just finished up a sermon series in Advent on faith, hope, and love, and it was really a pleasure to to go to kind of to study how these things interact. And and uh, I'm always interested in how these three gifts of God, faith, hope, and love, interact with each other. And the way that I'd summarize it is that faith grasps everything right here, right now. Doesn't need to see it, but just has takes God at His word and possesses everything that God gives. You know, forgiveness of sins, eternal life, salvation, righteousness, and all that stuff. We have it right now. Um, Hope, in return, then builds on that and kind of grows in understanding, you know, and as it it, it presses on and suffers, uh, long-suffering waits for the day to be revealed. And then love bears all, you know, bears the loss of all things, is able to suffer, is able to bear with our brothers in Christ. 
And so when you think about, you know, when, so, so when it comes to like the mystery of it all, I mean, that's where Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, where he's talking about faith, hope, and love, and he says, you know, we know in part, you know, we prophesy in part, but then we will fully know. And so, but in the meantime, we do grow a little bit. Like you said, you know, some things we'll be able to understand. You know, we build on this foundation of Christ. But all the while, we're perfectly content if we don't know certain things. Perfectly content. Just like a little child is perfectly content if he doesn't fully understand, you know, what his father and mother are doing and saying. Because he knows one thing for sure, that they know him and that they love him. And that's what we know about our Father in heaven and our and our Savior Jesus Christ. Hence, when we refer to ourselves as God's children, we mean it in a very literal sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Absolutely. In fact, um, you know, it, it, really, how we understand ch- earthly childhood really should be understood in light of the true childhood, which is of God. Could that be what Jesus meant when he's when he's said people who do not come as a little child absolutely I, I think so i mean i mean this this should be understood in light of other things that he says like to nicodemus he says um that you must be born again you, that is you must be born of water and the spirit um born of the word of god as, as, as john one this magnificent uh, uh probably one of the one of my favorite parts of the whole bible is the one of the readings for christmas day in John 1, where it talks about the Word of God, who is God, who created all things, and who became flesh. And, and, it, and it says in there that, that, uh, that, that those who believe in him are born not of man, uh, not of the flesh, but, but, but they're born of him. They're born of the Word. And, and that's, that's exactly what it means to be God's child, to be, to, to be, uh, uh, to be begotten of his Word. Um, and and that's uh, and that's what Christmas teaches us, and to know that 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 your heavenly Father knows you fully through His Son Jesus Christ, who fully embraced your weakness, fully embraced your flesh and blood, and exalted it to the right hand of the Father. That's what Christmas is all about. Um, that you have a Savior who knows your sin and your struggles, and that He died for you, and that before that He was He was not ashamed to call you His brother. You know, to, to to be the same nature as you. Um, that right there should be should even even if we're having a good Christmas and we have lots of family over and friends <laughs> over and we're not struggling with anything major, that should still we should never forget that that's our main joy on Christmas. Yeah, the idea that um, that God through 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 Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection not only forgave the sins, but I think He was showing us. That, yeah, he does understand us and what we are doing because he was human. He became one of us. Absolutely. Yeah. And, that, and that's all part of it. You know, he's not, when God saved us, it wasn't like he was just like pressing a button and saying, okay, you're not going to hell. You know, and then just kind of coldly sort of saying, all right, yeah, well, all right, we'll see you later. No, I mean, it's like the king not only lets us into his kingdom. He clothes us. He crowns us, as the psalmist says. He crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. You know, he, it's like you, you have the, 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 the father whose prodigal son comes home, and he, he runs and embraces him, puts a ring on his finger, puts a cloak on him, you know, uh, sacrifices the fattened calf. And this is what God did for us. He sacrificed his own son. Um, and, and so this is, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's much more 
than just that he sort of let us get away with it or just didn't condemn us. With that, it includes that he cares for us, that he, he rejoices over us. And uh, and this is, I mean, you look at the angels in heaven who are rejoicing and glory to God in the highest. What is it that gives God glory? Well, the next thing they say, on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. That's what gives God glory, is when his goodwill and peace are showered upon sinful mankind to save them. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. That's It's a wonderful time of year. And even if you're alone, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, this is uh, you. one thing I told one of my parishioners, I, I invited him over. You know, I knew he, he was going to be, you know, he was going to be alone, and sometimes that's the way it is. You know, I invited him over to, to my house, and he, he, you know, politely uh, turned down the invitation and said he's just going to, you know, stay home. And, and I told him, read your Bible, read 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 Luke 2, read John 1, you know, sing a, sing a couple of your favorite uh, Christmas hymns, and know that you are not alone when you're doing that. You are with God, and you're with all the saints in heaven and on earth. And uh, so you are most definitely not alone when you are in His Word. And I'm also going to suggest to our listeners on Christmas Day, we here at KFU are going to be with you all that day. And just tune in to us. We'll have church services. We'll have music. We'll have prayer. You won't be alone. We'll be here right with you. I know for the commercial, <laughs> but it's the truth. It really is. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's something I think that we have to remember as well. Uh, you know, one thing that's always bothered me a little bit is the, you know, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, to be alone in a crowd. Mm -hmm. And this is another type of loneliness, I think. It's one thing to be alone, but it's another thing to have people around you and somehow still be isolated. You know, hey, these people are having fun. Hey, these people are joyous. They're singing. Why am I so down in the dumps? Why am I not one of them? That's something yeah. else that we have to examine, I think. I think so, and and one thing to uh, to emphasize is that we have both our old man and our new man. So always remember, you know, if you're if you're you know to to our listeners or to you or to anyone, when you're when you're singing the great hymns of of the faith, you know, with with the saints in heaven, the, the, well, the, the saints here on earth, um, and uh, and you see you assume that everyone else is so joyful. And of course you should assume that because they, they joy in the Lord, but they still have their sinful flesh. They still live in the wicked world, you know? So don't think that you're alone. As St. Paul said, there's no temptation that's over, that's ever overcome you. That's not common to man. You know, you, you have your sinful flesh. That's why you still have depression and, and sin uh, and, and sinful, sinful thoughts and, and gloom and, and, and all that stuff. But God knows that. And, and, uh, and so that's, and, 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 but, but that doesn't stop us from rejoicing because our rejoicing is not in ourselves. Our rejoicing is not in this world. Our rejoicing is in the Lord who came to this earth, um, in meekness to save all mankind. And related to that, I think, uh, you know, we, we see these people around who are all having fun and everything. Uh, but have you ever seen a person who you really thought was just really on top of the world, and then you mm -hmm. found out that they had some real problems? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. That's, uh, I think that I've seen that many times, and and uh, and I think that, uh, um, I mean, I, I know what that's like. 
you know, when, when you're, when you're just, things are bothering you, whether it's a guilty conscience, um, or, uh, you're just worried about some things that going on in your life. Um, but you put on a smiling face, you know, and you, you, you try to have a positive attitude and, and, uh, and that's something that, I mean, if, if you are experiencing that, then other people certainly do as well. And it's not, you know, that the joy that God gives is not something that we can manufacture um, by getting into the, you know, setting the mood and all this stuff, you know, putting on the right music. Um, and it seems like maybe we try to do that on Christmas. You know, we have the candles and, and I'm not, I'm not bashing this stuff. I'm glad that we do it, but you know, it can be easy to sort of fool ourselves into thinking that somehow we're manufacturing this good vibe because we're singing silent nights on the, at the end of the Christmas Eve with the candles and it's dark and it's just, everything is just perfect, just like it should be. But what is it that really gives us that peace that passes all understanding? It's the, it's the joy of Christ who took away our sins, <laughs> um, uh, through whom we can, we can uh, uh, appeal to God, our Father, for everything and thank Him and praise Him and, and, uh, and cast all our burdens upon Him. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that that happens all the time. I've, I've, I've seen and met people, um, who, uh, but at the same time, I don't think that they're necessarily putting on a fake joy. I think that part of it is just simply what it means to live the Christian life, that we are both, we're both saints and sinners. You know, we have, mm. we have the joy of, of the righteousness of Christ, but we also have the gloom of our sinful nature. And so if, if, you know, people might genuinely be joyful, even though they're also really depressed. Well, remember what St. Paul says, that, you know, we joy in tribulation, right? right. Uh, in, 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 in Romans 5 and in Second Corinthians 1, he says, you know, God comforts us in our afflictions. So it's kind of, you got sort of that paradox going on in the Christian life. And, and uh, through faith in Christ, you can be totally content with it. So... <laughs> Well, we're going to take a little break here, and we're going to talk more about the Christmas season, about isolation, about depression, and why we should be joyous despite the gloomy weather that's hitting us here in St. Louis. We'll be back in just about three minutes. Gary Duncan. Along with my family and all of us at KFUO, I wish you a Merry Christmas. We read in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. In Romans 6:23, for the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ. See, when the Bible speaks of salvation, it's a gift from God. It's something given to us freely, not something we've earned. During this holiday season, I hope you're comforted by the words of Scripture. Also, during this time of giving, please pray for KFUO. Pray that we continue to have the resources needed to proclaim Christ worldwide. We read in Romans, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Our mission at KFUO is to proclaim the word of Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Would you help us do that? Please consider making a gift today to KFUO. Call 800-844-0524. 
That's 800-844-0524. Thanks for your support and Merry Christmas. Hi, I'm Andy Bates, and I invite you to join me at 10 a.m. each weekday as we explore the stories of experts and everyday people in their given vocations. Faith and Family weekdays at 10 a.m. on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. Underwritten by Concordia University, Wisconsin. Human trafficking is modern-day slavery and it happens in our own communities. Victims can be any gender, age, or race. Join the Department of Homeland Security's Blue Campaign to learn how to recognize and report this heinous crime. Visit our website at www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. That's www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. Your second look could be their second chance. "'Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house "'not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. "'The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, "'soon that the hopes that St. Nicholas... "'In one of the most well-known Christmas poems ever written, "'Clement Clark Moore's depiction of a visit from St. Nicholas "'has delighted children for years, "'often read aloud by parents on Christmas Eve.' He wrote it for his own children and published it anonymously in 1823. As popular as his children's poem became, Clement Clark Moore was a prominent theology professor and biblical scholar of his day. In a lecture to students in 1825, he said of the Bible, This volume is like a beautiful old picture which has come down to us in a state of extraordinary perfection. Engage with the Bible, this book of all books. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. Well, welcome back to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen, and my guest today is Pastor Andrew Price from Two Congregations up in Iowa. And we have been discussing perhaps the problems of depression and not fully appreciating what's going on in this joyous, joyous Christmas season. Now, if you have questions or you want to share something with us, well, you can give us a call. It's area code 314-821-0850 in the St. Louis area or anywhere toll-free in uh, North America at 1-800-730-2727. You know, Pastor Proy, sometimes I think that perhaps the sense of depression and isolation is almost a form of arrogance to sit down and say, nobody understands what I'm going through. Well, gee, why are you so different? Welcome to life. Yeah, that's a, that, that's a very hard thing to hear, but I think you're right. And it's, and, 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 you know, it's important to keep in mind that, that God knows how wicked our sinful flesh is. And while we want to, we want to have compassion on those who have, who suffer from depression and some, and even whether it's like clinical depression or, or simply just having a bad day, um, you're right that really the, 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 the root of it all is sin and, and arrogance and pride. and and um, But God doesn't throw us out because of that. And I think that that maybe is why people get more and more depressed, is that they might even know that deep inside, that, oh, I'm just being selfish, and then they feel guilty about being selfish. And, I mean, and of course, I've, I've, I've been there to, to an extent that, you know, we, we, uh, 
we feel sorry for ourselves, and then we know we shouldn't feel sorry for ourselves, and then we feel sorry for ourselves for feeling sorry for ourselves, and all that. You know, it's just yeah, it goes more and more and more. Um, and uh, and that's you know, I think I was gonna say I was gonna say this, but I think this is, this is a good way to tie this in. That um, what I would say to anyone who who is suffering from any type of gloom on Christmas, first and foremost, find a church that teaches the pure word of God. Um, and go there on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Go to church, you know, find a find a Lutheran church that teaches according to the small catechism and, uh, you know, and sings hymns that talk about what Christ did, what God did, becoming a man. And go there, because not only are you hearing the Word, you're also realizing that you're not, you're, you're not alone. You know, you see other Christians there with you, um, hearing the Word of God, singing um, the, the, the great hymns that teach uh, the faith, what Jesus did. And, um, and so, yeah, I think that you're right, that, that, that a lot of it can turn into just sort of this selfish arrogance that no one understands me. Well, that's not true. God does. God understands you more than you understand yourself. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as John says in, in his Gospel, you know, Jesus had no need for anyone to question him because he already knew what was in man. You know, he knows what's in us more, better than we do, and he bore it, um, uh, uh, you know, in, in fullness um, on the cross. And so so when you go to church, you not only hear of Christ who bore your burdens fully, and you receive him through his word and his sacrament, but also you have the saints of Christ who bear your burdens with you. And, uh, and so I would encourage anyone who is, who's has any kind, any, any loneliness on Christmas, if you can go to church and then, and don't just show up and not, you know, and then just go home right afterward. Talk to the saints who are there, talk to them about Jesus and, uh, and listen to them talk about Jesus. Talk to the pastor and, uh, be, find your joy in that fellowship of the saints um, who finds their only true and lasting joy in Christ. Um, and, and that keeps you from being conceited then. It keeps you from looking, being curved in on yourself and just being, you know, arrogant. And you realize that you're not the only person in the world. And, uh, and yet God, God, uh, you know, and, and that God understands you, but not only you, he understands the whole world. <laughs> and, uh, you're not alone. You're not alone in the condemnation of the law. You're certainly not alone in the, in the salvation of the gospel. Well, also, I think we need to uh, look to the first article gifts that God has given us to to help us understand and to help us get out of this this morass that we sometimes find ourselves in. Uh, if you happen to be an animal person, which I am, uh, if you're down and you're depressed and you happen to have a dog, just the unfettered love that that animal will show you is has to be a reminder of the love that God has for us. If you're a cat person, I'll give them equal time. <laughs> Have the little feline just curl up on your lap and stroke it and hear it purr. And know that yeah. that's contentment. Look at the and sunset or the sunrise. Exactly. Smell the pine. Yeah, take your dog for a walk if you have a dog. Take your Well, I don't know if you can take cats for a walk, but, you know, just... <laughs> I mean, go on a walk if you don't have pets. I mean, I don't have pets, but, you know, it, a lot of times it's you, you, one way. I mean, you're absolutely right. First article gifts, we should not neglect those. And like Paul says, that bodily 
that bodily, outward bodily discipline is of some value. And we shouldn't forget that. It is of some value. Even though godliness is much better, that godliness is trusting in, in, in God's Word and applying it to your life and growing in, in the confidence and hope of His Word and, and bearing in love uh, with, your, with your fellow redeemed, outward discipline, outward bodily exercise is still of some value. And part of that might be just exactly the things that you're talking about. And, and I would, I, you know, I'd recommend going, go get some exercise. Like last night, I, I kind of, kind of was, you know, feeling a little slow and stuff like that. I had, I'd been eating more than I usually was. Um, and, uh, cause my wife's been making junk food. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, I went out and shot some hoops in the cold, ah. and, you know, and it, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's a little bit of exercise. It's, there, it, those are good things. Those are things that we shouldn't. We shouldn't neglect either. You know, get some sun. Get some. You know, uh, eat healthy. You know, those are, don't 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 beat up on yourself. Um, make sure that you you know take care of your body because part of that too is is uh, you know when you have that healthy when you when when you're able to take advantage of the good gifts that God gives here on earth, um, and you do it with thanksgiving in your heart. And, 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 and faith in Christ, all things are made holy by the Word of God in prayer. Then you really find the joy in life. Um, but we don't neglect those good things. Even smoke a cigar if you want to. Drink a beer, you know? And all, all things in, 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 in truth and, uh, and, and moderation um, uh, with, with confidence in God, that He gives these things to us and that His Word blesses us. Um, I, I totally agree with you. that We should not neglect those first oracle gifts. Take joy in the things that God gives you, whether it's your family, your pets, your you know opportunity to take a walk, mm-hmm. enjoy the, the 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 brisk, gloomy air. You know, it's it's a gift. Well, one uh, one of the things that that I just love is there's a, a bird feeder I have outside oh, my yeah. my kitchen window, mm-hmm. and just watching these little creatures, you know, zoom in and just just. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. We have the same thing. It's so it's it's fun, and you have the you know the, the squirrels come too. Well, the and, squirrels, on the other hand, those are to me those those are tree rats that are the agents of Satan. They do <laughs> terrible things to my garden. Okay. Well, I I don't know. I kind of enjoy them a little bit. You know, I do too in a good stew. <laughs> I you know I've been I go I go squirrel hunting every year, ah. and I never get anything. I'm the worst hunter ever. I just. I've been I've been deer hunting in the last few years. I haven't even I've, heard, I've barely even seen anything. And but um, but no I no I I agree though with the with the bird feeder is 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 that you know it really should remind us also of of, of what Jesus says in Matthew six. You know, consider the birds, look at them, mm-hmm. and especially in the winter time. I mean, I'm always just fascinated when it's like you know even ten degrees outside, and you still see those birds out there and that you would think it's summertime the way that they're just you know they're just enjoying themselves and eating the the bird seeds and and it show you it really does as, as luther says you know whenever you see these birds you should put your head down in shame because they have no worries yeah. you know they, they they exemplify this trust in their creator and they're not even made in the image of god you know so it really brings <laughs> us to shame it's kind of like what you're saying about dogs you know i mean there's this this trust that they that they show that this this loyalty, and I think that God gives us these things to teach us. Now, obviously, we can't know it apart from faith. You know, first we must know our Savior Jesus, but then we build on that. And we see the good gifts of creation, and we see how 
our God provides for us. He's a good God, um, and uh, and he's a he's a he's a gracious heavenly Father. As we say in the in the in the first article of the Creed, in the in the in the meaning of it, all this he does purely as fatherly divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me, so that it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. I've, I've never fully understood how a person without faith can truly appreciate what's around them, the, the, the environment. I know these people who are, oh, yeah, I worship Gaia, the, the earth goddess, things like that. No, they don't. They don't fully understand yeah. what has happened here. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, they might be able to enjoy it um, quite a bit and go, and go on a nice hike and stuff like that and enjoy beautiful things. Um, I always find it kind of interesting that some of the most beautiful parts of the country, you go there and you run across people who are very secular, and yet they, you know, and they might be sort of environmentalists or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but they're, but it's interesting that they see this beauty and they recognize it, and you got to kind of admire them for that. But like you said, I think you're absolutely right. They can't fully enjoy it unless they know their Savior. And this should show us, then, that when we know our Savior, we shouldn't be afraid to to enjoy the good things of creation, to study the things of creation, to, to with, you know, with, with the confidence that this is made by our God, and that, uh, and, and to let it, let it teach us a little bit of fear of God, too, you know, because it's, it kind of makes us, you know, it should make us even tremble a little bit at how, how, uh, how great God is, and yet always be brought back to the gospel that he is he is a loving and gracious god who 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 saved us from our sins. And you look at like uh t- take a look at uh Psalm 18 uh also second uh second Samuel 20 I think it is. It's the same it's the same song of David where he's talking about creation and then he just makes this beautiful uh uh you know uh this beautiful turn into talking about God's salvation. And you can see how, you know, we just wonder at God as our creator, but then with that same fear and awe and reverence, we take delight and joy um, and comfort in his, in his salvation. It's the same God, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I, something happened to me um, in October that, that really brought that home to me. Uh, I was visiting my brother out in New Mexico. He lives way up at 7,000-foot elevation out in the middle of nowhere, literally. And uh, he's, he's considerably older than me. World War II got him between the two of us. Uh, but um, he is secular to the extreme. And uh, we had a very pleasant visit, and I remember I was leaving his house in the in the evening hours, and I walked outside, and I have never seen stars the way I saw them. I just literally stopped breathless mm-hmm. at the scene of the of the of the the sky. I'd never seen that many stars, or that there was no pollution, air pollution, there was no light pollution. We were high enough up where the the air was so clear, and. I was just stunned. And I know this is something I don't think he fully appreciates. No. Yeah, I know. And then that, yeah, you're right. I I remember when I was, no, when uh, my family has, uh, has owned this, uh, this bit of land up on Gunsland Lake um, for the last few generations, my great grandpa uh, purchased this, this land up there and it's kind of passed through, passed down to the generations. And so my whole life I've been going up every summer and sometimes in the winter up to this, the, 
the, these boundary waters, and you know, in the, the the border of Minnesota and Canada. And I remember when I was little, or you know, I was probably twelve, and uh, my two of my older brothers and I were sitting there uh, at the campfire at night, and we're looking up, and you can see. I mean, when you're up here, there's no light pollution. It's it is it is you can see everything. It's just amazing. And on a clear night, it, and and it's it's just it's breathtaking. And um, and one of my brothers said, you know, it's amazing. God put these what we're seeing right here. God made this for us. Mm-hmm. And and it really, I think it was it really stuck with me when he said that because then when I read the creation account, you know, God creates the world in six days, and 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 then and then, and then uh, the last thing that He creates is man. Right, and I find that very significant. The last thing he creates is man, because what does he do before that? First, he spends all that time creating everything for man, you know. Yeah. And then he creates man and says, "See, I have provided all of this for you." And it really reminds me of what Jesus says in John fourteen, where he says, "He says, I go and prepare a place for you." And 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 uh, you know, how does he prepare that place? Well, by suffering and dying for us, you know, showing that. Uh, that demonstrating the divine love that, that passes our, 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 our human reason. And yet he does it all in order to prepare a place for us with our Father. And when we see creation and we consider that our, our loving Creator created all of this for us, you know, why are the stars there? To give us seasons and times and signs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's not just, you know, and so in a, in, in a theological sense, you know, people ask, like, well, you know, are we the center of the universe? Well, I, I you know, maybe maybe not geologically, um, <laughs> but theologically we are. God created all of this for us. From God's perspective, we are the crown of his creation. And to consider that every time you see the, the majesty of God's creation, that this God, that this, that this, this, this bears witness to the greatness of God, and that this God made it all for us, and that that same love that prompted him to create all creation for us and create us prompted him to come down and become a meek little baby to save us from sin. Mm. And that that really that should take your breath away. I remember uh, my senior year in college. I was I was sharing an apartment with three other guys, and uh, one of them was uh, what we used to call back then a, a Jesus freak. And, oh yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, we were all sitting out on the porch one one late afternoon watching the sunset, and the uh, the the guy who was the Jesus freak turned to us and said, "Isn't this wonderful? God puts this show on for us for free every evening, and it's never the same." Mm. Yeah, that's good insight. <laughs> you know, and it is. At the time, I kind of blew it off, but you know, right? He really <laughs> he really nailed it. This yeah. was a first. This is indeed a first article gift it is prepared for us yeah absolutely yeah you know and sometimes a jesus freak can make good insight you know it's funny my you, you say you mentioned jesus <laughs> i've heard that my dad he, he he's probably around your age um he he told me that when he was he was uh in his early 20s or teenage years or something like that he was in college <clears throat> and he was he got a he needed a ride and he, he he got a ride from this bus that was filled with Jesus freaks. And they were saying <laughs> they were saying to him, you know, you gotta leave your mother and father and follow Jesus. And well where they're going, where Jesus is leading them, I don't know. I mean it's it's kinda that's what you get when you don't really listen to God's word and you just 
you, you pick one thing out of God's Word, and then you say, well, let's go. Well, okay, well, where are you going? Oh, I don't know, wherever Jesus leads. Okay, well, where is that? Well, let's look at his Word. And my dad said, well, but God's Word says, honor your father and your mother, you know? So if I were to leave my father and mother right now, I would actually be disobeying God. So I think that maybe you guys don't quite understand what Jesus means there. <laughs> he should have gotten so, them a copy of the small catechism. Yeah, 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 exactly. I don't know if he did or not at the time, but but yeah, that's funny you mentioned that. That's, those were popular in, what, the, the 70s? Yeah, late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm dating myself. And probably I'm closer to your dad's age. <laughs> yeah, probably. Maybe even a little older. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know, young fella. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, the yeah, but I mean regardless though, that is a good insight. And I and I've I've heard other people make that that statement before too, you know, that this is this is a greater show than than anything. You know, that you know, the psalmist says the world the earth is full of the mercies of God. We don't need to drug ourselves with all of, you know, a bunch of vain entertainments and find our joy in all of that. Our joy is in the Word primarily, and then from there we can enjoy life. Now, that yeah. doesn't mean that we don't still have our sinful flesh. We're still going to have our depression stuff like that. But I would say those who are depressed, yeah, it's not like your depression's ever going to go away. You know, it's going to be there till you die. You're always going to have some type of mourning of sin, right? And and, and, and uh, the fear of death and stuff like that. Oh, it's the old Adam. Yeah, it's the old Adam, exactly. It's finally put to death on the last, when you die, and then on the last day you're raised to, to a perfect body where you don't suffer any of this stuff. But so, so I wouldn't despair, you know, if you feel this stuff. Well, yeah, join the club. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that we have joy beyond all understanding, peace beyond all understanding. And, and what I'd add to that is that, you know, a lot of times people at the end of their sermons, pastors will say, and the peace of God which passes all human understanding. And one of my professors uh, at seminary said, don't say human understanding because that's not what the text says. And besides, it's not just human understanding. It's also the devil's understanding. Ah, and thought of that. It, it passes all the understanding of all of the angels and archangels, all the company of heaven and all the company of hell. And that's a, and that's a comfort to know that that this is this is beyond anything. This is God Himself coming to you and claiming you as His own, and that's comfort. It was, and and through His life, uh, He met Satan, and and when He was wandering in the desert, He resisted the temptation. Mm -hmm. After the crucifixion, He descended into hell, and had a triumphant entry into the okay. world that He had conquered. He conquered yeah. hell. He conquered death. He conquered Satan. Yeah. Well put. Yeah, that's exactly right. Triumphant entry into the place he had conquered. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's part of the thing that we have to remember is that uh, all of this is kingdom for us. We're going to be part of this. We are part of it now, but we will be even more in the next life. And this is a gift that has been given us. And that's one of the things I think that can help us get over these holiday blahs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and even after, you know, because one other, um, I kind of alluded to this before, but one other example you might have are those people who are really happy during the holidays, right, during Christmas and New Year's, and then it all stops, and then things go back to normal, yeah. right? And, uh, well, this doesn't stop. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always, you know, not just during Christmas, 
not just at New Year's, not just, you know, but always. And that's, again, what's wonderful about the liturgical calendar is that you're always having these, these festivals and, 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 uh, and wonderful truths of God popping up throughout that we could, that, you know, we're, we're right now we're, we're still concentrating on the coming of Christ, both in his first coming, but also in, in his last coming, uh, on judgment day, but then to, to, to take us from his veil of tears, but also right now through his word in the sacraments. And then we get into the, the incarnation of God. And then we get into the fact that this is brought to the Gentiles during an epiphany. And then we learn what true repentance is and, and Christ's suffering for us during Lent and Holy Week, and and then, uh, you know, then Easter is another great joy, and so God, you know, it's it's such a great gift that we have, having this liturgical calendar that is teaching us at all times to consider what God has done for us. Mm. You know, it's kind of interesting, I had... Um... <laughs> I was thinking on, uh, when I was at Thanksgiving dinner uh, with uh, some some people, one of whom was a Catholic priest. Yeah. And uh, actually, was sharing I'm on I, I, on the uh, Lutheran calendar with him on uh, I had it on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, well, that's not what it should be. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Apparently, they observe it a little bit differently from us. But it was it was a fun and interesting thing, and you know, where it, it highlighted exactly what you had just said about this ongoing joy throughout the entire throughout the entire calendar year. Uh, the liturgical year, actually. Uh, and uh, I don't think a lot of other faiths quite recognize that. No. And in fact, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of uh, Christian denominations have kind of gotten away from this. I remember when I met these uh, Oneness Pentecostals, and the Oneness Pentecostals are, they're not, we wouldn't consider them Christian um, because now other Pentecostals, we, obviously, we'd say that they got. They got some errors there, but the you know they're still Trinitarian. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the one that's Pentecostal is deny the Trinity, and they say that there's just different modes of God, and that that uh, that Jesus is just he kind of took the form of God or took the form of man. But you know it's really just there's there's no distinction between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So anyway, I had this interesting conversation with them. It was when I first started seminary, and then I asked them. It was during it was during Advent. I asked them, what do you guys observe Advent and the coming of Christ and all that stuff? They had no idea what it was. And it kind of occurred to me that, wow, that must be so depressing, because ever since, I think especially ever since I started seminary, but even growing up, there's there's this liveliness and kind of reason for continuing to press on that the church here gives you, where it always gives you something else. And this time, too, is what I would encourage people to do is not just Christmas, but what's the next day? St. Stephen's Day. You know, read the story of Stephen and what he did. He made a confession, a good confession of Christ, and God appeared to him and, uh, and, and, uh, and gave him a blessed martyr's death. And then, and then the next day, you know, St. John's Day, you know, read again, the, read through the Gospel of John. You know, take, take advantage of this gift of the of the church here that, that gives that directs us to God's word. Well, I shall, Pastor Froyce. Unfortunately, we've just run out of time here. Call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.